Washington, D.C. This is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell. And hello out there in Radio Land. It is time for the best political talk show you've never heard of. It is Backroom Politics live. Well, ish, live ish from Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C. Joining me here in studio as they do every episode. He is the former Undersecretary of Commerce for International Trade, the one we know as the Honorable Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hello, Justin. Former Joe Biden political operative and political attorney here in the great District of Columbia, Dan Lipner Esquire. Daniel? I'm one of many, many political attorneys here. You're our favorite. You're our favorite. And sending directly across from me, he is the former Economic Security Advisor to President Barack Obama. And a partner at the great law firm of Wilkie Farr. He is the one we know as David Mortlock. Hello, David. Hello, It's always good to have you here in in the studio. It's It's, fantastic. It's a delight. Uh, Joining us, of course, running the boards, Rob the Engineer in the cage. And somewhere out there in Radio Land is Audrey Howerton, our executive producer. And I think Sharon will be joining us here shortly. But let's get to it. So in case you didn't see, we uh, at the G20 conference that happened last week, Uh, President Xi Jinping and Donald Trump got together, hugged it out, made all kinds, you know, just made all kinds of wheeling and dealing moves. And, hey, we've got a tariff ceasefire and an agreement. Sort of. Sort of. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So. Delay. delay. Well, we don't know what it is. So here's, here's the story. They're taking a break. We don't know the, what the, this the is. Ross and Rachel kind of thing. It's, it's, it's a, president loves the romance kind of thing. The Chinese tariff agreement to a friend's episode. The president compared his relationship with the dictator of North Korea with a romance. So oh. I think I'm okay with this. All right, I'm fair with that. So what happens is they get together. They apparently have some sort of deal worked out. That is according to Donald Trump and the White House communication staff. We have a deal, and. Up until this morning, yesterday, the stock market was up 150 points or so. This morning, it opened up a little bit, then kind of downturned a little bit. And then sometime around noon, when it started leaking out, where the Chinese were basically saying, what deal? The stock market crashes and takes an 800-point hit. So here's the question. David Mortlock, uh, you... We're an economic security advisor to President Barack Obama in the White House. I'm trying to think of the right way to what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Do we have a deal? Do we not have a deal? And is the deal even relevant? We have a postponement of some of the tariffs. So essentially, what happened is we've still got ten percent tariffs on the two hundred billion dollars of goods that uh, that um, President Trump announced earlier this year. Uh, that was uh, supposed to go up to 25% on January 1st. That raise to 25% has been delayed 90 days. So all the other tariffs that were in place are still in place. Um, The uh, threat of the tariffs going up 25% is still going to happen 90 days from now. We we assume um, USTR still needs to publish a federal register notice to actually uh, implement that uh, agreement. But I think, you know, what else do we have? Not a whole lot, right? We have a commitment from both sides to uh, to negotiate during that 90 days. But what does a successful deal look like? Frankly, we have no idea. And, you know, it, it's notable 
the reason you know, you mentioned the stock market going all over the place. It, it, the the two parties did not even release a joint statement, um, and that may seem like a sort of arcane tradition. But the reason uh, but that's a signal to the world that yeah, we kind of both agree well, to that this. we actually agree on things. Yeah. We agree on something. And we didn't see that out we of Buenos Aires. Goals. We that's didn't right. see it. We saw two separate readouts of what the agreement was, and those readouts were different. And then we've seen, frankly, those readouts change over the last 48 hours. Uh, even even Mr. Sunshine and Ice Cream, Larry Kudlow, has started walking back exactly what the Chinese might have agreed to with respect to U.S. Uh, US auto tariffs. Hold that thought for a second. Rob the Engineer flagged that. I want it known that David Mortlock referred to Larry Kudlow as Mr. Sunshine and Ice Cream. I think Larry Kudlow wants to hear himself I, referred to as Sunshine and Ice Cream. Yeah, I don't think I, I mean, anybody... Keep, keep in mind, this is the guy who said, oh, there's no housing bubble. Everything's <laughs> fine. Alan Moore, are, does, the, does the fact that the the deal is so... I mean, the only word I can come up with right now is squishy is... Is Wall Street overreacting, or is there a legitimate concern that we may have overheated this economic engine so much that it's it may at least seize up a little bit? I think Wall Street's very confused. They're they're very troubled by by the uncertainties floating around about the U.S. and China because it's our biggest trading partner and. And we've already imposed uh, these tariffs, as as David pointed out, 10% on $200 billion worth of trade. It's $20 billion worth of tariffs, um, potentially, but that that ignores changes in, uh, in demand. The Chinese have responded in kind, something that's particularly hard hit uh, American agriculture and in, in particular soybean uh, growers. The threat in just weeks of taking that 10% tariff up to 25% and then watching the Chinese respond in kind, it was really pretty frightening. And this president has shown that he, he, would, he would take this action on, of, of 10%, and so no one doubted that he might well go to the 25 And there was a little momentary, momentary sigh of relief when it, it the president, in effect, said, and, and this is still in the president's hands, we'll hold off for n- an additional 90 days. It would, so it runs to end of March, uh, if, 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 you, if you look at that. And then the expectation and a the apparent understanding probably was just nods of the head where, where from we, the Chinese. Yeah, like, but where did we okay, get sideways so, on the view of this, Alan? I mean, because apparently what what the president and the White House and the economic staff read into it isn't the same thing that Beijing read into it, and now we've got a problem. Well, it, 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 I haven't seen all of the latest uh, r- reporting on it. Let me acknowledge that, but but... Um, it, it's not. It's not like the issues have been suddenly settled. It's not like there's a, a framework for for resolving the three or four key big issues. We can't even. That, we can't even. We can't even solidify a ceasefire. Well, I'm not sure that we haven't solidified the 
because we're the ones that we're going to shoot next and they were going to respond. So when we say we'll we'll just leave the tariff at 10 percent um, and we we won't we won't impose the increase on January one, we'll we'll wait at least 90 days. It's not clear what would happen in, in 90 days. Now, I think I think that that Cudlow um, sunshine and ice cream. <laughs> Is it is it ice cream or is it sherbet? I don't know. Anyway, so so uh, Mr. Rainbow Sherbet um, uh, only made with American dairy started saying, "I don't think there is dairy in sherbet." That's the thing. See, can so, we go on to your comment, so, please? <laughs> he started talking about how he thought that the that the China tariff on autos, which has stood at fifteen percent. For many years, um, had gone up in response to the 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 U.S. action. Right. They started saying it's it's gonna it's not it's gonna decrease and it's gonna go away. Well, it, it, it for one thing, I don't see where that suddenly emerged out of the ether. And if I was going to distance myself uh, on an issue, that's one I would I would bail on really fast. I don't. I think there were some other issues out there, all of which are not resolved, not resolved. And the the, the question is, how much damage through tariffs are we going to do yeah. to try to pressure the other side before we get into the nitty gritty of, okay, what I, about these issues of theft of 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 intellectual property, for example, and and pre existing tariffs on things like auto. Dan Lipner, you go first because I have a take on this. Go uh, ahead. Okay. One of the things that attention needs to be drawn to is Alan's correct phrase, we're the ones that are, that are going to shoot ourselves first. That is correct. <laughs> the, 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 the tariffs are basically pointing a gun at the American economy and saying, don't move or I'll shoot. That said, there is excess capital floating out there, and the part of the instability that Donald Trump and his administration has created is worrying that excess capital. And the the Trump tax cuts have only added more gasoline that doesn't know, have a place to go. All of that instability scares everyone. Commodities are down, and for commodities trading, which means there's an issues of manufacturing out there because you manufacture with commodities. The fact that this president and his administration don't have a clear take on things and still the president just pulling from the hip or shooting from the hip and shooting himself in the process creates a real problem. So the question still stands, and I maintain there is a bubble floating out there for all these booming economy that uh, some people have been seeing. Not everyone's been benefiting from it. Right. That there is going to be a downtrend and this president's flailing about for his activities is going to cause real harm when the crisis comes, and it's going to come. But, David, in in listening to some of the economic pundits on CNBC and the other financial channels today, it wasn't so much just the Chinese uh, deal not being what it is. I, for the first time, heard the words economic slowdown. I even heard an R word in there, recession, in one of them. Uh, have have we, I, I mean, it, it literally seems like we've been on crystal meth, this economy, for so long. 
we're about to hit the wall. Is is that accurate? Should we be concerned about that? Well, I, I certainly do think we should be concerned um, with the... Is it a reality? Well, I, I mean, look, I don't have a crystal ball. I can tell you that I don't think... Uh, uh, the vast, vast majority of economists would suggest uh, blowing a $2 trillion hole in, in the deficit um, uh, for a tax cut when the economy is booming, right? I mean, these are basic economic principles. And so, you know, it, it certainly would not be surprising if, um, you know, the, these, let's say, unconventional economic policies of this administration do end up, you know, look, they, they will produce a, a and have produced a sugar rush in the economy. Um, but, uh, you know, very little lasting uh, uh, positive benefits uh, while creating a, a lot of risk. And Alan, I mean, uh, Dan Lipner. That sugar rush is mostly Wall, Wall Street, not Main Street. It, really? Absolutely. The stock buybacks alone that accounted for the supermajority of where the, the, the tax uh, reduction went, that's not normal people's money. That's investors paying themselves and pumping up their own stock price. That that doesn't help the overall economy. By the way, speaking of sugar rush, I'm addicted to Iron Brew. The Scottish soda has got me just wrapped around its finger. It's horrible. <laughs> Alan Moore, the, the, when we do have these types of economic uncertainty, even though it's Wall Street that's kind of controlling the hysteria, it ends up hitting Wall Street worse is is anybody looking out for Wall Street right now? Is it Congress? Oh. Is it Washington? Wall Street's Street, looking Wall out for Wall Street. Not Wall Street. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not Wall Street. I think Again, the, it's, okay. the iron, it's the Iron Brew the, talking. The, the quiet, unheard billionaires. No, 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 they no, just no, need no, their voices no, heard. Okay. You, you, you so make one the mistake. the silent majority. You make, is, we know that Wall Street's running the hysteria. Is anybody looking out for Main Street is what I meant to ask. So, you know, the the... There are so many ways to sort of try to attack this this conversation. The economy is so much more complicated than we're uh, tr- discussing it here. We also don't have it's, PhDs it's, in it's, economics it either. It doesn't, it doesn't, that, that doesn't matter. I mean, Dan and I, does, and I have an hour to fill. Dan doesn't like stock buybacks because he thinks that only a few people benefit from stocks going up in value. Now, if you if you knew anybody that had a four hundred one k, he might ask how they feel about watching the the their stock values rise. They might have a little different view than Dan, who thinks it there's only thirty the billionaires. It doesn't bastardize the free market. It is it it's part of the free market. We had a corporate tax structure that was harming American ability to to compete internationally. Unfortunately, when we went about trying to fix that, we went too far. We 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 cut taxes and a whole host of other ways to make it politically viable. We'll pay a, a penalty for that, but it's it's a it's a relatively small piece. If we have a trillion dollar deficit, which we do, and we look at the role of the the total tax bill, what I consider the good stuff and the bad stuff, it's about 150 billion of that. That's not nothing. 
But it's not the core guts of the problem, which nobody wants to mess with um, but nobody or, want, or, the, or struggle okay, with. This has turned into an economics 101 well, discussion. Okay, but, that, that's but, what makes but, our but show better. My, <laughs> but, 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 that's, but that's my point. We, it, 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 we, we can't blame one thing here, one thing there. The, today's market crash was not all about a reinterpretation of what understanding we did or did not have with the Chinese. No, there's nervousness it's, in the speed of the economy. There's Concern about you a know slowdown. We, the, uh, about a slowdown exactly. We 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 had a we had a strong growing economy. We we gave it a sugar rush, if you will, which bumped it up a little bit more. That created a level of optimism that fed on itself, and then we had all of these 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 big uh, uh, popular tech companies, the the Amazons, Netflixes, Facebooks. Um, Google's of the world um, and Apple's and and suddenly that don't employ a lot of Americans that 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 don't uh, that that's right but but they certainly pump up enthusiasm and there are a lot of a lot of American shareholders who were r- riding that wave um, and and the but at the, the same the, the time bloom the is off that time, particular rose as the okay. same time that that there's a whole host of other problems creeping in you look at general motors and you should worry a lot more about that um but i'm uh, more worried about the corn farmer in iowa i'm more worried about the soybean farmer in illinois i am more worried about uh the entire ag community that's about to get its ass handed to them I mean, well, we don't know what all is going to happen to it's them. It's already they, happening. They, we're seeing it in no, the soybean no, no, market but, but, right now. I understand that. We sell a lot of soybeans all over the world, including to China. And 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 when when it became clear that the Chinese were going to impose a tariff on soybeans, we sold. There was a huge bump and burst in soybean sales to to China to beat the tariff. Um, and then, and then, not only w- w- was was their demand satisfied, but the tariff went in, and and it's no surprise that in the soybean world, the there there was there was a response, uh, there was a reaction, a counter reaction to the original uh, action. So, it's not that that. The, the ag community is is on life support and a mess forever. It's right. just that when well, we, you know, why are the subsidies wait, wait, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to get to that because it's all political. Wait, I mean, wait, wait. it's and well, it's it's not <laughs> well, just it, political. It, it's political it's, and costing us money in the process. Well, it. it it, well, we've also we are getting something some twenty billion dollars in in the in these tariffs in the first place. Let remember the point of the tariffs is to try to create leverage on the Chinese. We're getting the twenty billion dollars from American consumers. Hold on, hold on. We're we're trying to, and I don't agree with the strategy as I've made clear again and again and again and again. But at least there's an argument in in you, favor. You of know it what I want to hear? I want to hear from the one economist in the room. David, <laughs> I got bad news for you. I'm a Who's lawyer. Right? You're a, well, <laughs> lawyer, economist, potato, potato. I agree. My degree is in e- economics. Is it really? And I have an MBA. Yes, in economics. Yes. All right. So you don't have an MBA right. in economics. You study economics to get an MBA. No, I have a degree I, in economics. Right. And I have an MBA. 
That's, but does that make me an expert? No, I've been around a while. I've had some different jobs. I've thought about different stuff. I have opinions. Um, I have but a group you, of opinions? Yeah. No. <laughs> Tell me more. And by the way, and by the way, Alan, <laughs> Alan, the more you put the glass on the table, it's not going to fill up any faster. The glass really? is in, indeed the, half empty, it, Alan. It, really? He's a, he's a Republican. It's half full. Anyway, Actually more than half empty. <laughs> hey, you know what? By the way, you know we, we've been focusing on China. The other issue is that while in Buenos Aires, the presidents of Mexico, Canada, and the United States all got together and signed off on NAFTA 2.0, uh, the the U.S. Mexico Canada Agreement, UMSCA, uh, whatever you want to call it. I'd like I I like Nancy Pelosi's take on it. What is the, it? The trade agreement formerly known as Prince. <laughs> <laughs> the trade agreement formerly known as NAFTA Nancy was Pelosi signed. Has become publicly charming. When did that happen? <laughs> I, trust me, it won't last. the The reality is, we now have a uh, wow. Is it really four minutes? Wow, we've blown through this half hour. The uh, we are going to talk about Michael Cohen, aren't we? We, 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 we? Just wait, Dan. Wait. Let me moderate. Does NAFTA 2.0, David Mortlock, there's really not much in there that's hyper different than the original NAFTA other than the fact that they changed the name and did a little bit of a shell game. What's the gross benefit of this new version of NAFTA? There are some marginal yet important improvements in new NAFTA, including on rules of origin, uh, dispute resolution, uh, is it that much different? No. And if you've been listening to Donald Trump tell you how terrible NAFTA is, uh, how many jobs it has killed, how it, I can't even uh, you know reach the extent of his hyperbole, uh, it's hard to imagine why you would support this new deal. But uh, you know the alternative of nothing is 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 way worse. Um, and so, you know, I think what do we what do we have out of this uh, this agreement with with Canada and Mexico? We have stability, we have predictability for U.S. businesses, and that's a very positive. But thing. we had we had stability and predictability under NAFTA that really. Yeah, well, this is this is a uh, Donald Trump specialty, right? Is uh, uh, resolving uh, a problem that he created, right? Uh, and you know, thank goodness, because uh, most of them he doesn't end up resolving in two minutes or less. Can you? Can you agree with David Morlock on the sound? Uh, ab- absolutely, I can. Um, and we we've, we talked about it before that 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 the, the irony here is we had the worst trade deal in the history of the world. We spent some time trying to tear it up, throw threats around, um, be highly disruptive and nasty and ugly. Come up with a deal that's about ten percent better. I mean, we can argue about how much better it is. Five percent, fifteen percent, but but the, and then the and it's then just you, not dramatically you, different. It's not that dramatically different. There's a lot of mod- there is some modernization. Some of it, I, I remember called it NAFTPP. So it was it was <laughs> where where we we took some of the the ideas from TPP, the Trans Pacific Partnership uh, Agreement that that the President Obama worked so hard on. Um, uh, and had lots of good stuff in it. Then, then, then Hillary Clinton walked away from it. And then Trump went even further, trashing it, um, and and then withdrew from the conversations. But what NAFTA has is some of the provisions that emerged 
in the TPP process. It wasn't brand new. Nobody ever heard of this stuff before. And suddenly the worst deal in history became one of the best ever. It's all this exaggerated rhetoric that the president it's all uses mirrors. that confuses. And, it's, it's, and, all, it's all a big shell game. Well, it's, Donald Trump put gold leaf on it. That made it better. It, it, you know, <laughs> like it's it, toilet. It, it's sort of it, it's so patronizing to the 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 public um, who they don't understand. They they rely on the government to, but, to make decent agreements oh, that will help. Wait, wait, real quickly, before okay, because I know I know that you're going to be playing music in one minute. Hold on, I just want to ask one question to, to Alan Moore. Will you concede now that the the when it comes to the economics of trade? And taxation and everything like that, the White House looks condescendingly on the general American public, almost like patting him on the head and saying, that's adorable, let the adults deal with this. No, it's not so much that's adorable, let the adults deal with it. It's like, we had the worst thing ever. We got the best thing ever, and it's, it's Donald like a car sales ad. Sales per, it's a, it's a it's con, car sales ad. Condo sales. It's a condo sales ad. He sells condos. Timeshare. Timeshare. It's not time condos. Timeshares. Wow. So, and well, allegedly. You, allegedly. You, you, mm-hmm. you can buy the best weekend ever for that beachfront property in the winter. In Cabo, in winter. <laughs> for Yeah, that's awesome. That's All, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's going to be our free-for-all. Like, this, this segment hasn't been a free-for-all. This is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics, live from Podcast Village in Washington, D.C. We'll be right back. A year ago we parted and I was downhearted Just being friends would never do And now we're reacquainted And all the stars seem fresh painted And here's what I long to say to you What a tale you find If I could, I would Be bound forever And I'd never sever me from you You won't believe it's true But I've been missing you I dream of kissing you Let's give it one more chance One more slow dance
live from Washington, D.C. This is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell. Yeah, we almost missed the bumper on that as we're having a big discussion on stock buybacks here in studio, but we won't bore you with the details. It's what makes this the best show it, on, it, it, on it the is, air. It is. <laughs> it is. It, it absolutely is. But uh, now it's our free fall segment because there's a lot of stuff we didn't touch on. Uh, you brought up uh, Donald Trump went to Buenos Aires thinking that he had uh, Mueller on the ropes because he was tweeting every day about it. And apparently while he was down in, in Buenos Aires, it became a real big issue. Is Are we starting to see the final days of the Mueller investigation, Dan Lipner? We're beginning to see the final days of part of the Mueller investigation. There was a lot of weird things that happened. The Michael Cohen situation. The Michael Cohen situation was part of it, and even Trump's response to it. So let me be clear what occurred there. Michael Cohen pled guilty to lying to Congress, and then the President of the United States said Michael Cohen should be punished to the maximum extent of the law, essentially saying he should be punished for lying on the president's behalf. Possibly the worst defense ever. Well, not even a defense. He's essentially saying not only did he do it, he should go to jail for a long time for it. And but ignoring the fact that he was the beneficiary of it and may have actually encouraged it. But that's not the most interesting thing. And I haven't been able to find the any other reporting on this, but I swear I saw it go by and maybe somebody else can confirm this. Didn't Moscow confirm Cohen's take on what occurred? I swear I saw the, the press item go by that essentially if, if correct, this is basically Putin firing a warning shot across the bow because I saw that I go by at the same time that Trump pulled out of his well, meeting well, with no, Putin. But here's, it, well, it, it, I didn't see it, but, but here's the weird thing about it is it, no, what, I think what you saw was that for years Trump has been saying, oh, I've never had, there was no contact with Russia. And as our friend Del Welber from the L.A. Times always says, there's always a tweet. Sure enough, 2013, there's tweets of Donald Trump at his Twitter handle saying, hey, had a great time in Moscow, loved you mean it, can't wait to get back. And there's a series, and he mentions- Yeah, but he played that off with the Miss Universe, didn't he? No, no, no. There's a separate one that said, you know, can't wait to hang out, hope you're in your family. I mean, it goes into some- detail in 120 characters or less but he, he he literally tweeted yep i was in moscow yep i was hanging out with russians Woohoo! Oh, we we know he was in moscow because of the miss universe um and oh, I we you're gonna say, i thought you were gonna he, say he was in the, the dressing tapes. room at well miss universe. i thought you were gonna say because of the tapes well and then <laughs> i don't know about the tapes but about you know the steel dossier and some of the really scandalous stuff that supposedly he was involved in we don't know about that he allegedly he, he, the, the problem with this president is that one moment he's talking about how much business they've done with Russia and with Russians in America, how many properties they've sold to Russians. And his kids have uh, also said and, the same and thing. And his kids have said the same thing. Um, it was no huge secret that at different times he's explored uh, trying to build properties in different places. Uh, and if you're Putin, you get a $50 million penthouse. Including in Russia. Well, and we don't even know. the the, the, the That runs into – that actually, if, if that were to ever have occurred, that you'd, you'd run right up against – 
uh, a U.S. law. Uh, you mean the Foreign for, Corrupt Practices yeah, Act? Yeah, but but I wait. It, you it, think it, Donald it never, Trump thinks about the Foreign Corrupt Practices it Act? Never. No. It, 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 the thing is, it, it never got there. The, the 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 curious thing about all of this is that Cohen apparently, and 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 he may have some evidence that it wasn't just an impression he had. Uh, that the president said, yeah, we stopped talking to Russia in January of, of, of 2016, and then later said, actually, we continued for another six months. And that's that's the only thing Which that, leads that, up that, right that the into Russian, the transition that the Russian spokesperson. No, 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 not the transition. That was still in the election uh, season. Yeah, it's basically, but once Trump but, secured the but, nomination, but but. But, you know, the the difference between the two would not have been so huge. It's just that Cohen said it under oath and then later came back and said, actually, that wasn't true. I thought I was I I was protecting the president. Well, maybe he thought he was. Meanwhile, the president came back and said, I was running for president. I was running my company. I didn't know if I was going to going to be victorious. There's nothing wrong with that. That was right. cool. So he his new line. He did literally say it was very cool. Very cool. Yes, that's that's why I tossed it in there. Um, and, in caps too. It was in caps too. So, very cool. So it's it's an odd one. This particular one. Um, there's so much we don't know that Mueller does know. That's what has got to be frightening the, uh, the the president. Cohen was his lawyer for ten years. We're talking about right. a few episodes, that a Trump few says things. Cohen did Cohen him did a, favor a favor once, yeah, just once, and that Nothing favor lasted. Since that favor lasted once, ten which years. is why he kept him as a so okay, a, kept, as a lawyer. Him, kept him on the right, payroll wait, wait, wait. and had him you do know what? His... Ironically, we have somebody who specializes in stuff like Farah here, <laughs> David Mortlock. You know, when we when we talk, is is it just mind blowing the fact that we are seeing people literally in 120 or now what is it, 180 characters or less, literally tweeting out proof that they might have bumped up against the ceiling of violating the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Uh, and it is Twitter admissible in a court. I mean, look, it. I think. I think it is. Uh, look, I, I, I think. Uh, By the way, the look that Rob, that Rob, the engineer, just gave us inside, he was like, "Is it? Oh crap! <laughs> it's great. That was epic." Well, if they can prove you sent the tweet. Uh, oh, I, see, yeah. you're safe, yeah. Rob. Yeah. Rob's you're safe. Right. He's like, you're "Oh, right. thumbs up, yay!" You're all right. All right. Uh, so, I mean, look, I, I think the let's talk about the tweets this week. I mean, that Dan mentioned the one tweet, uh, uh, sort of saying that Michael Cohen should be punished to the full extent of the law. I think what was truly incredible was the fact it came in companion. With a tweet saying, uh, you know, that Roger Stone um, should be, you know, praised for for refusing to say anything about about Trump, and uh, you know that he's got guts for that. Uh, <laughs> we shouldn't leave out Kellyanne Conway's husband, who that's said right. that witness tampering. Oh that's, yes, yeah. Who looks oh, right those that. pieces together? Eric, yeah. By the way, and, and by Eric the way, Trump, Don Jr. Uh, Don no, Jr. has come out after Kellyanne's husband. Now you've gone on the attack. I think, no, I think that was but, but Eric. Actually, let's not get to the 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 uh, Real Housewives of DC version of this. The the witness tampering thing is a Stop. matter. Of, no, 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 no. Did you just us of going Real yes, Housewives? I, I, yes, I am. Because the, the witness tampering thing, Kellyanne Conway's husband is a real lawyer, and he actually pulled up the Department of Justice guidelines on this. That that kind of public statement does raise the raise it to witness tampering. 
he actually brought the citations to the forefront. So whatever the Trumps and the trying to make this the spousal fight thing, that doesn't matter. There actually is substance behind the claim. And as far as the the president trying to get involved with blocking the prosecution or his own investigation, that's a real thing. And I'm quite certain Mueller and his team is on that. David Mortlock. I mean, look, I, I think this yeah, is— Yeah, I think that's well, the on, point. Hold on. Mueller me, knows those sites, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. But, but Mueller aside—I mean, Mueller aside, I think this is absolutely terrifying, right? We are in completely uncharted waters. Historically, presidents, presidents have not made such comments about any criminal enforcement matter— um, because it is uh, c- has been considered completely inappropriate for the president to weigh in on uh, a criminal criminal you don't enforcement. Think that if Richard Nixon not had Twitter, mention, he wouldn't do this. Well, not no, to mention, absolutely, he certainly have. didn't say it out loud. So why would he tweet it? I mean, it, not to mention it. such comments about an investigation of your own family and staff and your campaign. Uh, I mean, I think the fact that um, this is happening, you know, it. it, it you know, call me call me wonky and silly for saying this, but I mean, re, we really are completely twisting the norms of what is acceptable behavior of a president. You are a silly wonk. Yeah, you, you are a silly wonk. When <laughs> takes one to know one. When, when, oh, wow, <laughs> Mueller who comes rubber uh, the the infamous I'm rubber your glue right. defense. Oh, sorry. Maybe Good job, counsel. Maybe I should just say thank you, Alan. <laughs> yeah. Mueller who, was a little who, who, who cut his teeth going after the mob. Imagine if John Gotti had said to the press. You know, the guy who remains silent, he's a good guy. He's really strong. That other guy, not so much. We, we would very much take that as a thinly veiled threat. I want this on record. The only reason why you brought up John Gotti is because you wanted to do your Goomba accent, isn't it? N- no, it's because that's actually how Robert Mueller got his, <laughs> cut his teeth on the national spotlight. That's, true. that's where he actually came but from. But you wanted to do the Goomba accent. You know you did. Anyway, the um, but here's the other question is, there's also another story that came out that said that Paul Manafort, who's in enough trouble already, had actually been trying, had actually made contact, allegedly, with WikiLeaks and Julian Assange prior to the release of the DNC hacked, what? Wait, you're saying that we have people watching embassies? Wait, what? Yeah, I mean, but does, does this not, I mean, does this not strike you as completely odd? The fact, Alan Moore, that the campaign manager, or a, at that time he was only an advisor to the campaign, is actively going to see somebody, Julian Assange, who is actively released state secrets and hacked in. Okay, so I think the reports were that he had visited him three times. All three were prior to taking on his role. They As campaign 20, manager. No, no, 2013, 2014, and then early in 2016. I think that was that was the allegation. My hunch, and, and it's been denied, my hunch is that didn't happen. You don't what, think so. What did apparently happen, though, is is, is that, that, that Manafort, after he left the the White House, went to Ecuador. He took a little world tour, and he, and this was reported just this morning, I think, um, took a world tour trying to put some deals together that might make him some money. He, Although he had been somewhat discredited, he hadn't been charged with anything yet. He had left the campaign, but it was there were numerous reports that he was still being consulted, talking to the president, talking to people around him. 
And so he was. It, it looked like he was trying to continue to play on that and, and make some money. And apparently when he was in Ecuador, one of the subjects that he discussed with the new Ecuadorian president who said, we'd love to get rid of this Assange. this Assange problem. He's in our embassy in London. He's been there since 2012. And he doesn't and, clean up after himself. And, <laughs> and, and it's, it's a political problem for us, an embarrassment, and so on. And so supposedly um, Manafort had some ideas about how they might be able to Give him over. That's new this morning. To yeah. to the to the to, uh, to the U.S. Um, what Ecuador tried to do is make him a citizen, which I hadn't realized, and wanted to give him diplomatic status and send him to Russia, where he would be welcomed, <laughs> and 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 kept, and he could have this diplomatic status to get there and then probably be lifted. It's crazy. Uh, you, can't, you cannot make this. You cannot stuff. make this up. But my guess is that was true. The visits to the embassy didn't d- don't make a lot of sense. I'm inclined to believe Does the any of denials. This make sense? Well, no, but but wait, the other, wait, wait, but, wait, 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 wait. At what point? Wait, wait. That if, was, if that given, was a single solitary no, no, report. If given uh, the opportunity that if the Trump campaign had in fact made contact with Julian Assange and WikiLeaks to arrange or somehow coordinate the the hacked emails of the DNC do you that that blows your mind you you see that as not being a possibility i didn't say it wasn't a possibility i'm just saying i don't believe that manafort went three times to the Equ- to the london embassy the ecuadorian embassy in london and met with assange just, however it, if he did we know a, the embassy all embassies are all of which is especially one with a wanted fugitive inside which, yeah, in london you know there's only one you know there's that was one report and it hasn't been verified by right, others right. How, this 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 world tour of of, That's been verified. Th- that that has has been more widely reported, and I'm not saying it's it's certain, but that allegation rings truer to me. Also, one of the things we also know that is true. This is not a subject of debate. The Manafort attorney dealing with the White House for their joint defense agreement, mind you, after turning state's witness. That's still being thing. an ongoing thing, and. This is brand new. Nobody's ever seen this before. But, but how about the reporting that's coming out of the New York Times that's saying that even Michael Cohen's defense team is still having dialogue with the president's defense team? Well, dialogue is one thing. Actually sharing information is something else. You don't know the full extent of what's going on. However, to literally be after tr- Michael Cohen is not a pro- a prosecution witness yet. Manafort, after part of his plea deal, was. So he essentially switched teams, making his joint defense agreement null and void, or in in theory, null and void. I say that because, again, nobody has ever seen this before. Somebody turning into a state witness and still walking that information over to the other side. That is a brand new thing that is probably going to be litigated for a while. That is a ballsy move. And if and I will tell you, if you want to get side, the one person you don't want to get sideways with in court, I would venture to say, is Mueller. You, would you agree with that, uh, David? I, I think it is any federal prosecutor that's serious about that but job, right? I mean, we're talking about we're ta- we're talking about 
Mueller here. The, the, yeah. He's kind of a, prosecu- uh, a prosecution badass, if you will. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that Robert Mueller knows his stuff. He's He's been head of the FBI. He's been a federal prosecutor. He, he absolutely knows what he's doing. Um, but the Keystone Cops legal defense that is running around the entire opposite side of the Mueller it investigation. Be, it may be Keystone Cops, but it also, they also hold the power of the presidency. And let's not forget that. The president has, has exercised the authority to replace the man overseeing the Mueller investigation. That is the until- president has explicitly uh, suggested he's considering uh, a pardon for Manafort. Uh, you know, the, the, whoa, 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 he whoa, whoa. does. Whoa. It may be Keystone Cops, but he careful. has the power of the presidency. Hold on, be he, he, Alan said, he said Alan a pardon is not off the table. Right, Alan Alan Moore. he said Alan that this Moore. week. Yeah. Correct. That's not the same as saying that he's considering one. He said, "I haven't taken it off the table. I haven't taken that's, anything." Oh, off come the on, table. That, that's semantics, Alan Moore. That's I'm, semantics. It's it's it, so English, what you're saying is it's the, English language. Look. I don't think any of it's appropriate to talk about. I'm just trying to be as accurate as we sure, can be. Sure, be he did That's not right. say he was considering it. He led he he certainly implied <laughs> wow. that. What he said was, I haven't taken anything off the table. So in other words, he's saying it's a consideration. He said he hasn't taken anything off the table. Oh, Jesus. He, okay. Also, the okay. president says that, that there are no facts. So it, it's, You know, <laughs> whether it's on the table, off the table, he's trying to play this game, which is stupid, okay? I think it's completely, entirely inappropriate for him to talk about that. I just am trying to be accurate about what he said, what his words okay. were. Fair, okay, fair enough. That's fair enough. But, fair you enough. know, there's this something we haven't even talked about yet today. What's that? This tragedy for the Democrats. It's this which, absolute. Which, okay, so you, they're, you mean they're, the they're, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me let me do it. Don't step on me. Whatever you're going to go. No, they've got. They're thinking about 2020. They assume it'll be against President oh, Trump. I don't. I go. don't think it will be. But but that's. I'm just still in in the in the out, out the lonely guy who doesn't think Trump will be on the ticket. But you, so so they've got they've, Mitch McConnell they, 2020. They've, they've, here we come. Nope they've 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 got their they've got their cluster of of. Really old people and losers. Okay, have, hold on. Do you, have, do, you have drum roll, do you have drum roll sound back there, Rob the engineer? <laughs> but I need drum roll sound. But, you don't have any sound effects back there. So, so Brown's a loser. So they, they've got they've they've got losers and they've got old people and Jerry a few Brown. people that nobody's really heard about. You know, and then Jerry Brown's exactly but, not exactly. But they right. had somebody who's never lost an election, who they lost. Michael Avenatti is pulled out. Of oh, oh, good God! His 2020 okay. candidacy. What a tragedy! Right. You know what? You know what? Shut his mic off. I've been putting him in time. About now. He's time. Done. He is done. I, the fact that we had to sit here and listen to a two-minute run-up to Michael Avenatti. You guys kept interrupting. No, you were sitting there. You you're raving your your arms around like Kermit the Frog on crack, <laughs> and you're like, ah, Michael Avenatti. And we had to sit there, and that's your big story. Yeah, I, it's tragic. For I the, feel like Kermit would just say no. <laughs> Hopefully we would. We had to hear that. about Sherrod Brown and stuff. I'm just trying to make my little point. All right. No, 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 that's true. Let that's a guy true. Have a little fun. That's true. Stormy Daniels was so, going to be his running mate. God forbid anybody asked she, but they've had a, their own falling out. Yeah. She was she, with <laughs> Sally Quinn last night at Politics and Prose. Her fundraisers would have been awesome. Stormy so Daniels, Daniels was here in DC with Sally Quinn at oh, Politics and Prose. I highly read the story. Yeah, and I highly recommend reading the story. I also highly recommend looking at the pictures which <laughs> of the audience, which looks like any other 
book Any event other book at politics, at and, politics pros. and pros. It's fantastic. It's Wait, fantastic. So we, we get this straight. Us Washingtonians are a weird we, bunch. No, no, no. I, I want to make sure I'm getting this correct. The former porn star. I don't know if it's former. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. The, the porn star. The porn star is an accuser of the president. Is at politics and pros. And for those of you who are not from Washington D.C., that is a very wonky bookstore kind of if you uh, event tell from the space. Name. Yes. <laughs> And it usually, ha- you know, people who write books that never make it to the top of the bestsellers, except our friend John our Allen. Friend, yeah, except John. Yeah, except, except our John. friend John Allen, who is the author of Shattered. They go there and they have book signings there. And it's a lot of wonky people wearing Birkenstocks and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. And Stormy Daniels is there with she, all of them. Because she has her book. And Sally Quinn. Was this a book signing for her book? Well, okay, it was. It, no, no, no. Hang on. Politics and pros did of Sally Daniels Sally, book signing. Sally Quinn, the widow of Ben Bradley of Washington Post fame, interviewed her. She was not able to stay behind to sign books <laughs> this is because true. she had to get to a strip club for a show. Presidential no, fundraiser. no. And Sally no. Quinn. Presidential and, fundraiser. And, no. and Sally Quinn was leaving. Beto O'Rourke. Sally Quinn. Hey, Sally Quinn left. This. Sally Quinn left with with or shortly thereafter because she wanted to go to the show. One, wait, 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 wait. This is all true? today's. Yes, it is. Today's Sally Washington Quinn Post. The widow of probably the greatest editor in journalism history, Ben Bradley. His widow went to a strip club to see Stormy Daniels after interviewing her at Politics and Pros? And you need to look at some of the, ex- Which the exchanges. Which, does it <laughs> you, matter? You need, you, Do you want to see Stormy? He's pretending he doesn't he's know. He's actually looking it up. He was he's there. looking it up. I'm actually surprised he was th- that you don't know. <laughs> he, that I don't know. Why do you think I wouldn't know I what think, strip club was Stormy Daniels? I think they're both Daniels pretending not to know. I do not know. This is the first I've heard of this. But there was a great. So you can read the story. It's it's a good read. Um, Actually, I don't but, want to pull this up on my um, you, on, on my pad. It might give something. But you uh, <laughs> it's the, uh, the the cloakroom. So it's the clo- it's the cloakroom. So Rob the cl- engineer. Rob the engineer is, <laughs> is not overtly modest. He was like, yeah, it's the cloakroom. <laughs> Yeah, tip your waitress as well. So thank Sally, you, Rob. Thank Sally, you for that. Sally Quinn and Bre- Ben Bradley's son is is a is a is a guy oh named Quinn Bradley. He was there last night in his closing at the strip club. Uh, no, no, no. At the pro- maybe at the strip club, but definitely in oh. politics and prose. And people said, "So what do you think about your mom tonight?" He said. She's amazing. I mean, today she's introducing me to Stormy Daniels. A few years ago, she introduced me to Nelson Mandela. Yeah, yeah. That you know, you, oh, there's so many things wrong with this. I can't the things begin. this president has brought us. This is this is the, this is the sewer that is, we have literally landed in, and and I, I weep for our future. Well, and the, the thing is, and while while all of this is funny, and we do need to bring all this back, and this is the the. And yes, I'm going to repeat the phrase, the real housewives versus the substance. The Trump approach has been to make this the Jerry Springer approach to the presidency. So therefore, none of it matters when, in fact, there is indeed substance behind these things. The question is whether or not the public gets lost in the nonsense or actually focuses on the substance. And 
that's the real takeaway. And it's a risk. The Stormy Daniels thing, while it's funny, it's weird, and personally I think I, the, the legality of the payoffs and all that, I genuinely don't know. That's kind of nonsense. The, the real substance behind this presidency and the things he's done, including how he got there, there is a real discussion there, and we can't lose that. The, I, you know, I, I do want to tag on to that because that's a very good point. And, and the thing about it is this week— the nation's mourning the loss of President George H.W. Bush, President, 41st president, father of the 43rd president. Who I'm quite certain Stormy Daniels has never met. Yeah, I'm, I'm certain of that. The, what, 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 this, what, this, what this weekend and this week leading up to the National Day of Mourning has, has done for me is realize the importance. You know, we've joked around for the past 20 minutes about Stormy Daniels and and, and book signings here in Washington, D.C. The reality is we started this show to bring back statesmanship, to bring back bipartisanship, to bring back civility into politics. We can joke about it, but the fact is we didn't know how bad it got until we started looking back at what it was like under 41. So I'm pretty certain I can predict if this kind of accusation had been laid against 41 the kind of statement that would have come from the White House would have looked something along the lines of, this young woman has chosen a profession that I wouldn't necessarily look well upon, but she's been successful upon it. Right. That said, her her position on what the interactions between the President George Bush and herself are incorrect. Right. But I don't hold anything against her, and I wish her professional success right. or whatever. But, it would have been something dignified, but, but not going what this back to, White House But going back to my point is, we started this show, and, and I think we do a good job, a majority of the time, when we're not talking about strippers and, and, and book signings, we do a good job of really pushing the civility side of it. We've got two Democrats, we've got two Republicans in this in the studio. We walk out of here as friends. We can disagree. Alan and Dan especially can disagree. But we can definitely, definitely all come back to the same thing. There's no name-calling. There's no demagoguery. There's no talking points. It, it just struck me this week that we really don't know. It, we didn't know how bad it got until we started talking about the success and the statesmanship and the civility and the kindness and and the patriotism of George Herbert Walker Bush, and then we have to turn around, and come back to reality, and we really, and that's why this show is so important. Not to pat ourselves on the back, but it, it is. It absolutely is. Alan Moore. There, there's a wonderful piece that uh, Maureen Dowd in the New York Times wrote about her long-term friendship with uh, President uh, Bush 41. Um, she covered him in, in the White House. Uh, he, they, they would communicate. They would see each other. She became uh, a, a significant, important critic of his son, uh, which made his own friendship with her very awkward. And there's some, some, really, some lovely exchanges between him and her. I, you know, you're still my friend, but I wish you weren't so hard on, on my son. Uh, Read the piece because there's there's quotes from notes that he wrote. He wrote an eleven page poke fun at himself uh, fantasy narrative where he called himself names and other politicians names. It 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 was a it was a close you, warm relationship that lasted thirty years. You want to see what we're missing? What we're missing is read the letter that George Herbert Walker Bush left for Bill Clinton. 
when Bill Clinton was inaugurated. We don't see that anymore. We miss that. We need that. We meet, we need our country is begging for that. And for any politician that's out there, if you really want to give this thing a shot, if you really want to bring us back to where we are, make yourself the statesman that George Herbert Walker Bush was. Not all of our country is begging for it. I agree with you that it is something we are desperately in need of. And but I think we do ourselves a disservice when we say George Herbert Walker Bush was the end of that. I don't think that's true. What we are seeing is Donald Trump is such an exception, such an outlier, but also brought attention to it by this very small percentage, and they unfortunately they live almost entirely in the Republican Party, that not only celebrate it, they feed on it, and much of the Republican leadership is terrified of it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. On behalf of Dan Lipner. Uh, David Mortlock, Alan Moore. I'm your host and moderator, Justin Russell. Again, special thanks to Rob the Engineer behind the glass, Audrey Howerton, our executive producer at the Undisclosed Location in upstate New York State Spa somewhere. Uh, join us again next week as we continue to be the best political talk show you've never heard of. This is Backroom Politics live from Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C. We'll see you next week, America. <laughs>